Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong. Hi, I'm DJ. And how's it? Josh Lee Kwai is not in the building because we've got a lot to cover this month and we are blasting through all of Strixhaven. Today is the main set review part duh. Uh, that means we're covering all of the uh, multicolored cards, and there are plenty because Strixhaven is basically Ravnica, but with new names for all the color bearings. <laughs> These are schools with deep lore, Jimmy. Yes, I'm so Come sorry. On. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, Doug Barra would definitely slap me for saying that. Sorry, Doug. I am very excited to talk about this stuff today. Of course, before we get into it, though, you see a lot of cards in front of us. Guess what? These cards combo with other cards. They fit into other amazing commander decks. You're going to want to pick up those cards, and look, why not do so and support this podcast at the same time we are grinding so hard this month i've never seen this office work harder head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone that's our affiliate link that's all you have to type in and blamo when they're there and you're purchasing the cards you already were going to get you're supporting us on the podcast and you're also getting the cards directly to your doorstep with great customer service and hey pick up some ultra pro products while you're at it sleeve your cards keep them safe in their amazing what what, what do you use wise because i'm all about the eclipse sleeves the gloss pro gloss eclipse sleeves is what i put everything in these days yeah eclipse sleeves are solid sleeves um also you can't go wrong with amazing magic art on your decks really. yes on your decks your sleeves your play mats ultra pro is the place that's going to get the official art every single time and so you can always count on them to have the coolest deck boxes and all that finally support us directly at patreon.com slash command zone patrons get to watch game nights and extra turns a day early and join us on our discord at a certain level talk to all of us ask us questions and we dedicate one episode <laughs> we dedicate each episode to one lucky patron every single time and this episode is dedicated to Irvine Gates. Irvine, you rock. Thanks. Okay, let's move straight into it because we got a lot to cover today. This is Strixhaven Set Review Part 2. On the first part, we discovered all we discovered, we talked about all the non-legendary monocolored cards. Today we're talking about all the non-legendary more than one color cards and in this and case no, and some no colors and some no colors right uh so there's a lot to talk about of course the cards from the commander product we will talk about those in separate episodes so this is again just from the main set there's so much stuff to talk Oof, about it's hard goodness. to keep track of huh it really is 
But, you know, because this is the set where the Commander Precons come in, one thing that we found is that a lot of the power level is actually in the Precons for Commander and a little bit less so in the main set, which means that this is a little more tailored for limited, standard, historic. So we're going to talk about a lot of cards today. If we sort of like jump past one, it's not because we don't think it's amazing in Commander, but we have a lot to cover and we want to spend time on the cards that do matter. First up, though, let's talk about one of the new cycles. It is the Command Cycle. So each of the schools slash colleges at... Strixhaven have a command attached to them. You may remember like Kolagon's command, all of the Tarkir ones. They're similar in that they're very modal based and you can do a lot of fun stuff with them. Okay, let's start it off with Lorehold command. Three a red and white for an instant. Choose two. Create a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token. Not flying notably. Creatures you control get plus one plus O and gain indestructible and haste until end of turn. Lorehold command deals three damage to any target. Target player gains three life. Sacrifice a permit, then draw two cards. Okay, lots of stuff here. Five mana, though. It, you do get protection because you can give our creatures indestructible for that and haste. It's hard to hold up five mana for that protection, but it is nice that it's there. Yep. You know, um, this does have the default mode of create a spirit instantly sacrifices to draw two cards. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's card draw in Lorehold in Boros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we will note that in the monocolor review, there is a three and a white card that flickered your board and returned it, which is also protection. So it looks like red and white are getting a lot of sort of help in that world to keep their board safe. Um, you it's know, expensive and it honestly, expensive, like yeah. we don't, we don't care about three twos that much. Um, mm -mm. it's nice that it grants haste and gives a pump, but at five mana, what are you giving haste to during that time? Right. You know, if it was, if it was cheaper, you could be like, oh, I'm going to play this and play this and then give them give both haste. haste, pump my whole team. Like you can see lines of play. It does give haste to that three, two that you could create. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't <laughs> seem so exciting. Uh, I think that the place that I see this is fire song and sunspeaker decks. They always want, uh, Heli lightning helixes mm -hmm. that deal three damage gain three life and so i think that they're gonna like love to have protection at any mana value and right. that lightning helix effect yeah okay lorehold command not too bad not amazing either next up is prismari command the red blue this is one red and a blue for an instant choose two prismari command deals two damage to any target target player draws two cards then discards two cards target player creates a treasure token or destroy target artifact now, this is a lot better. The fact that it can blow up an artifact is great. And then everything else here, not bad. You make a treasure token, so then this goes down to a two-mana total cost. Uh, sort of like in you get net. a refund. Yeah, yeah, refund, yeah. You can deal two damage to something, kill it, or you can draw two and discard two. So I actually like all of the things here. Plus, it's just three mana for an instant. Is it charm sees play in commander? It just right. does. And is it charm draws to it loots to just like this one? It deals two damage. This is more flexible. It blows up an artifact. Yeah, that's that I think it. is the key because artifacts are dangerous, and the fact that you can answer an artifact means that this is going to see a lot more play than many other. Is it? Um, yeah, lands. and it deals two damage, right? So that also means that this is a great, great, great slot in your deck for just a really modal, nice-looking single-target removal spell. People also play Electrolyze in mm -hmm. Commander 2, mm -hmm. and that's two-damage draw card, essentially. Yeah. And this can do something pretty similar. So I see Prismari Command as being quite the staple in that regard. All right, Quandrix Command. One green and a blue for an instant. Choose two. Return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. Or counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Or put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Or target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. Okay, the bounce. Bounce isn't great in Commander, but I've seen it used. Like, people do play... Um 
cyclonic rift for two sometimes yep yep how about countering an artifact or an enchantment spell that seems pretty nice it is good i do really like i think that what you really want to counter in many situations are instants and sorceries though so this is going to be pretty narrow yep unless they're you know your opponents are dropping those seven mana just like trying to win the game great henge type cards yeah so like trust me you do need to answer artifacts and enchantments they are i think that's better than uh countering a creature probably Mm -hmm. uh but i wouldn't play it for that it's just nice to have it Okay, put two plus and plus encounters on target creature. That's just a classic green blue thing. Yeah, only in counter decks. And if you love counters, then this could thematically fit into your plus one plus one counter deck and mm-hmm. then also counter that artifact or enchantment. Yep. And then shuffling up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. So this is kind of like graveyard hate, but also rebuys something for you and your graveyard potentially. Yeah. And it's not the graveyard hate that we really want, which is just wipe your graveyard, but this can interrupt certain, you know, combos. It can interrupt very specific cards in the graveyard. Uh, and so it's fine. It's passable. Um, I like this actually quite a bit overall. You've got a, a lot of modes on here. None of them are super powerful and amazing. It's always very specific, right? You can't target anything. It has to be an artifact or enchantment. But I could see using the first two pretty often, returning something and then countering something. I think I'm only going to play this card in plus one, plus one counter synergy decks where it belongs thematically and it feels good in that. Otherwise, I would want a more reliable counter spell. Notably, you can bounce your own stuff to your hands. So creature or planeswalker. So that might well welcome be a little more welcome in certain decks as well. Okay. Next up is Silver Quill Command. Two, a white and a black for a sorcery. Choose two. By the way, I'm already out. Sorcery. Yeah. All right. Target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains flying until end of turn. So pump and evasion. Return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Okay. Or target player draws a card and loses one life, or target opponent sacrifices a creature. Okay, sorcery speed really makes this suck. And all of these effects are, don't even add up to five mana. You don't save mana on any of these effects. Like if you were to if you were to combine other cards together, yeah. like you're not saving mana. Yeah, the fact that you can only get a mana value two or less creature from your graveyard to the that's battlefield. A one mana, that's a one mana spell. That's, yeah. Um, doesn't look great. And Un- then, unearth? Is it unearth? Yeah, unearth. And then yeah. drawing a card and losing a life is just whatever. Again, four mana to do some of these things. Yeah, you can, for example, you can draw two and lose two for two mana. So that feels like another one mana ability. Right. So you get a creature back and draw a card. It feels good. It feels like a good two for one, but it's so far away from being worth five mana. It'd be great if you could make some sack creature at instant speed, but because it's sorcery, you just are really going to make sure that you're not be able to, right? Because maybe they play a big creature and then before they can cast their second one, you make them sack it. That's is it, cool. Is but... it at least each opponent sacrifices a creature? No, just target opponent. <sighs> yeah, so we're pretty much out on that one. But it, look, if it fits your deck, TJ and I give you an enthusiastic thumbs up. All right, finally, we have Witherbloom Command, black and a green for a sorcery. Choose two. Target player mills three cards, then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. Target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Okay, those first three, I'm, I like. I like that. Do you know what's weird? It's minus three, minus one, but it's sorcery speed. Hmm. Why are you affecting the power that much at sorcery speed? It make I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I mean, it opens up attacks maybe, but that feels weird. That does feel really weird. Um, I feel like if you're the best mode on this is the mill and they get something back, right? Yeah, or killing mana value two or less non-creature non-lands, right? Yes. Soul killing rings. a soul ring is is quite okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that you might want to, I don't know, the minus three, minus one. 
I mean, it's it's right. It's not going to kill that much. If it was minus one, minus three, nice. That's a really mm. nice removal spell. So this kind of just says you can destroy a soul ring type thing, and you, it's like a good mill and bound and return the land. Uh, the other parts of it don't look great. Green and black, I don't think need a lot of help in any of these regards. So yeah, again, you can mill more. Remember, I talked to you about Winding Way, my new favorite. Yes, like, Winding Way is pretty know, good card to get lands back and creatures back. Yeah. into the graveyard um, at two mana. Yep, Witherbloom Command is, it's it's withering, it's opinion. My, my opinion of it is going down. Okay, let's cover some of the new Planeswalkers. Now, we talked about Professor Onyx in the last set, but these two Planeswalkers are actually multicolored. So we're going to cover both of them here. The first are the uh, the twins, the Lannisters, whatever you want to call them. The it's, Kenrith twins! The Kenrith twins. They're it's Rowan and Will. On the front, we have Rowan, Scholar of Sparks, two and a red for a two loyalty Planeswalker. And this says it on both sides, by the way. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. The plus one on Rowan. Rowan deals one damage to each opponent. If you've drawn three or more cards this turn, she deals three damage to each opponent instead. And the minus four, you get an emblem with whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you may pay two. If you do copy that spell, you may choose new carpets for you may choose new targets for the copy. On the back, it's Will, and he costs more mana. It's four and a blue for a four. Loyalty Planeswalker, that again, at the top says instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast. Plus one, up to one target creature has base power and toughness zero two until your next turn. Minus three, draw two cards. Minus seven, exile up to five target permanents. For each permanent exile this way, its controller creates a four, four blue and red elemental creature token. So the idea probably would be play Will, draw two cards, play Rowan, have that third card be drawn as your card for turn, and then her plus one Rowan? Yeah, except for... You can only have one of these in your commander deck. Yeah. Whoops. Whoop, whoop, whoopsie doodle. Um, look, I always underestimate the power of three mana walkers, and so mm -hmm. I think that Rowan could be better than I'm initially thinking. For sure. Um, I like that they have the same effect on both sides. That way I can remember it's just everything's reduced by one. Usually if you want that effect, you want it on an enchantment or something a little bit that's more harder to interact with yep. than just be able to, you know, attack down your cool uh, mana cheating ability. Yeah, it's a really strong ability in the right decks because you're casting multiple instant sorceries a turn, so you're just saving tons of mana. So I think that I'm underestimating Rowan because it comes down early, and that ultimate is something that is very good. That is game winning over a long right. commander game for cast, sure. Every time you cast your uh, an instant sorcery, you can pay to to copy it. So that's pretty good. You just need a plus one her twice. If you get her down early and protect so her, three plus one immediately. Like sometimes on three, like people don't have the ability to attack your planeswalker. You have some defenses. So I can see how Rowan, especially with that ultimate, could take over. Would you play Will at all? I don't think so. Five mana um, draw two? The plus one is really bad. The minus three, yeah. Five mana draw two, not great either. This seems like Rowan is the kind of card you I don't you even like play. the ultimate on Will. The yeah, Will's ultimate is exile whatever. Exile five though. things, get And then four they fours. all get four fours. Yeah, I mean, look, and you're never going to get there. It's minus seven and he starts at four. Uh, Rowan being at two and her is at minus four for her ultimate makes a lot more sense to me. So I think really you're playing Rowan in the Spellslinger deck on the front side mostly, but otherwise I think this is a pretty lackluster uh, Planeswalker, unfortunately. I'm I'm hoping that it's better than it, than we think it is, and yeah. people play Rowan, protect it, they ultimate, and then they have a great commander game as they double up everything that they play. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. All right, the next Planeswalker is Kazmina. She's back. Enigma Sage, one a green and a blue for a two loyalty Planeswalker, so another three-mana walker, and it has a static ability. Each other Planeswalker you control has the loyalty abilities of Kazmina Enigma Sage. 
So any ability that we read here, if you have another Planeswalker on the battlefield, they have it as well. It's kind of like the Bolas, but the opposite, where Bolas takes other people's ultimates and puts it on him. Kazmina gives it to everyone else. The plus two of Kazmina is Scry 1. The minus X is put a zero, create a 0-0 zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. So if you play Kazmina for 3 and minus X for 2, she dies and you get a 2-2. Two, two. Not great. And the minus 8, search your library for an instant or sorcery card that shares a color with this planeswalker. Exile that card, then shuffle. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. This feels very tame. It feels like they didn't they didn't want to break stuff. Right. So they made sure that, you know, all of these abilities, because like the uptick, you know, the uptick could be really disastrous on a lot of planeswalkers out there. Scry. Yeah. It's plus two, which is really good for planeswalkers that are trying to climb towards their ultimate faster. For instance, Rowan. Yeah, Rowan could plus two. Could plus two go to four and then immediately ultimate. Um, so I, I mean, so I like that, but you're basically doing it just for the loyalty, not really for the effect. Yeah. So I like Kazmina a bit just because I like your, her and super friends decks, giving all of your planeswalkers an ability to scry and add a lot of loyalty. What about, uh, um, Jimmy, you wrote down, uh, putting this on some of the planeswalkers that don't have plus. Ah, yes. The war of the spark planeswalkers like Narset power, parter of veils and Ashiok dream render. Ooh, now you can tick them up and use their abilities again. That's pretty interesting. I like that. Um, you wrote this next one down, which is this, disgusting. I wrote this next one down. Uh, Teferi, uh, Master of Time. That's right. The, we can use his abilities on every player's turn. Now it's a plus two we can use in every player's and turn. And remember, the minus that you can do at instant speed is a time stretch. Like yeah. You take two extra turns. Like the minus on Kazmina, it's like a free spell. What, whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely um, big whatever. That's there. fine. Uh, but with Teferi... I plus mean, two, plus two, plus two, plus two. I think you ultimate immediately. Yeah, it's pretty darn good. The nice part about the minus X is that if you have a planeswalker and you just need to make a blocker with them, then they can do that without potentially killing themselves. Maybe they have five low two when they come in yeah. and you make well, a Well, people three. were talking about Huatli or uh, oh, right. Gideon, um, the bad ones, <laughs> the ones that uh, basically add a ton of loyalty based on the Great creatures. creatures yeah. yeah, and so either creatures you have or creatures your opponents have. And so sometimes they can get huge and usually they can't really use that loyalty very well. Now they can, you know cast instants and sorceries or make dudes right okay all right good job kazmina another three mana loyalty planeswalker or three mana cmc planeswalker uh yeah we got, a, we got a few more of those right yeah yeah seriously your uh the your preview card attempted by the auric auric yeah, yeah oh, that's gets, right they can start taking these more planeswalkers <laughs> than ever yeah unfortunately none of them are oko okay <laughs> so we're gonna go through all of the colleges now we're gonna start off with witherbloom we've got four cards here that we're gonna talk about the first is Pestilent Cauldron. It's an MDFC, just like Will and Rowan. And on the back of it, you have a card called Restorative Burst. So the front side of Pestilent Cauldron is two in the black for an artifact. Tap, discard a card. Create a 1-1 black and green pest creature token with, when this creature dies, you gain one life. You can also pay one and tap the cauldron. And each opponent mills cards equal to the amount of life you gain this turn. Or you can pay four and tap the cauldron to exile four target cards from a single graveyard and draw a card. On the back, Restore the Burst is three green green for a sorcery. Return up to two target creature, land, and or planeswalker cards from your graveyard to your hand. Each player gains four life and you exile Restore the Burst. Okay, so I think this backside, not great. Five mana to regrow two things and then everyone one gains four life. I don't see myself playing that ever. Well, I mean, 
if it's free tacked on to a spell on the front that you like, that's you might even end up better. Playing it. Yeah. Yes, it's true. So that's the beauty of MDFCs. Obviously, one side's probably going to be better than the other for your deck or whatever you're trying to do. But having the option on the back side could be great too. Maybe it's late in the game and you have to buy this thing back and replay it, and that's going to get you there. Because this one, um, if you don't have, like, let's say that you're behind, because if you got your engine going, I can see you gaining life and milling people mm -hmm. or, you know, discarding random cards. I don't know why you'd make a pest for a card, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't think you're ever doing that. That seems pretty bad unless you're so happy to put cards in your graveyard. Yeah, something like that. Um, but milling people when you're gaining life is crazy. But if you don't have that engine going, I could see you playing the backside. Yeah, I do like that you get to exile four target cards and you can repeat that. So it's not a full thing, but at least it is some graveyard hate. And you got to draw a card, but four man to do so is a bit restrictive. Yeah, I think that's the the name of this card is that like everything is not quite the rate you want to pay for it. Yeah. But it does a lot of things. Yay. I mean, maybe if you're in a Corvold deck, you're okay discarding cards because you're going to create a 1-1 one, one black thing that you're going to sacrifice and then boom, you get to get a bunch of cards from Corvold. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Culling Ritual. Two, black green for sorcery. Destroy each non-land permanent with mana value two or less. Add black or green for each permanent destroyed this way. Okay, this is powerful. This well, is a four mana board wipe that gets yeah, rid of everyone's one. mana rocks. Yeah, but and then you get mana. And then you get mana. Uh, I'm wondering if this can break even, if you can just cast it for free. Oh, almost definitely. You think so? Yeah. Like everyone two or less? Because not everyone has a soul ring, but they're mana rocks and elves. Everyone's, unless they're ramping with green, people are playing signets. They're playing, you know, all of their arcane signets and stuff. You will be able to get rid of a lot of stuff. And then maybe sometimes you even capture some other smaller things on the road while you play the culling ritual. Tokens. Tokens, for sure. Play tokens. You yeah. You get a ton of mana. Man, now that you're thinking about it, now that I'm thinking about it, you've kind of laid it out there. I can see you getting a ton of mana for this. This could definitely be sort of a ritual yeah. that ramps you into even bigger things, ramps you into your big commander. Yeah, I could see you, the play pattern for this in the green deck. You ramp out a bunch of lands, you hold on to your mana rocks, and then you play this on turn three or four or five. Everyone blows up all their stuff, and then you dump your mana rocks on the table because you've been holding them, knowing that you're going to call the rest so of them. Mean. Yeah, it's pretty mean. It's, it is a little bit strange, though, because a lot of times your removal or your wipes are there to answer uh, threats to you. Yeah. And a lot of times the what you're getting in this spell is not really a threat it's right. just like their value their enablers do you yep. know what i mean yep, yep um but it is kind of interesting to have this tempo play that interrupts their enablers i like that um i don't think that you should put it in the specifically in the removal or the board wipe section of your deck it should be sort of a value play yeah, I, this almost sometimes reads as like more single target removal because you're just getting rid of specific things. But I would say this is like, it's a, it's in between single target and board white. Yeah. Um, and maybe even counts as ramp. Depends on your meta. Depends on the players around you. I like that quite a bit. Okay, next up we got Dame Goth Titan. This is four Golgari or four Witherbloom, whatever you want to call it now. So it's black, green, black, green, black, green, black, green. Any combination of those for four CMC. Creature Demon, it's an 11-10. Whenever this attacks or blocks, sacrifice a creature. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you're in the deck with a bunch of pests, you're in the Aristocrats deck, you got a lot of fodder, you want to sacrifice things, cool, go for it. But it how has big, to attack how, many man, how much mana is it again? Four mana for an 11-10. That's, that's so big for so little. Yeah. If it's the only creature on the board, you can't, I mean, it blocks, you have to sacrifice itself. So I think this is good in decks that for some reason need a really big, huge creature and they're aristocrats at the same time. It feels a little at odds. There. I would like to draw cards equal to its power, please. That would be pretty nice or <laughs> fling it or whatever. Yeah. And I think if your opponents are deathly afraid of you sacking creatures, like if you sack one more creature, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. 
then attacking with the Dame Goth Titan feels pretty good because Demo Goth, sorry, because no one's going to stop you. Awesome. All right. I've got Harness Infinity here. One black, 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 green, green, green. Those are some mana requirements no right kidding, there. No kidding. No uh, kidding. For an instant, exchange your hand and graveyard. Exile Harness Infinity. Okay. Uh, so that's seven CMC. At instant speed is very interesting. I, yeah, I think that that's speed pretty interesting. Pretty good here, but it's just like, oh, graveyard hand. Yeah, this you, is why you need graveyard removal for things like this. Well, it's instant speed though, because someone could go to remove your graveyard, and then you cast this in response. You don't want to cast this and then someone exiles your graveyard in oh response. That would suck. That's just discard your hand and pay seven mana. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Um, I will say, like, uh, Morality Shift is a card that puts your graveyard, it switches your graveyard and library, and then you can play this and just draw your entire... <laughs> um, if you have your Atassiger deck, your Hermit Druid decks, your Spider Spawning decks, this is a great way to just put a ton of cards into your hand. The card that I was wondering about is, is this any better than Praetor's Council? That just basically, you don't have to discard your hand. It's eight mana, and you just take your whole graveyard and put it in your hand, and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Is it in the same deck? I don't know. I mean, they, they like, do yeah, feel But what is similar. it better? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because that's really restrictive mana cost. Yeah. Uh, so it might feel like, it might actually this. be eight. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's so restrictive. It's instant speed, but you do have to pitch part of your hand. But when you're casting this, does your hand really matter? This you have to set up for Harness Infinity to work. You have to make sure that your graveyard is ready to be switched with your hand. Um, and, you know, maybe you're in the kind of game where you're milling a bunch or you're just casting a bunch of spells. In late game, you do want to cast this because you got two cards in your hand. It's the best top deck ever because you're going to draw 18 cards or whatever as a result. Mm. Okay, I like that. Uh, Jimmy, question. This yeah. or Seasons Past? Uh, Seasons Past, probably, because you don't... You right. You don't need to pay black, 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 green, green, green. You just do four green, green, whatever that is. Six, yeah. yeah. Okay. But again, I think Harness Infinity probably just goes more in the deck that it goes you know, over the top. That there's a ton of stuff that goes in there. And yeah, you get it maybe back instant speed. Maybe it's a Corvold type deck, right? That's always sacrificing things. Maybe it is your uh, Lord Windgrace deck that has a ton of lands in there. Like a Marin deck that sort of keeps pumping things into the graveyard, kind of thing. Yeah, something that wants to build a graveyard naturally, so that you don't have to force it. Got it. All right, moving on to Silver Quill, our white black. First is the Selfless Glyph Weaver MDFC on one side and Deadly Vanity on the other. So Selfless Glyph Weaver is two and a white for a two, three human cleric. Exile it. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn, okay? On the back, Deadly Vanity is five black, 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 eight mana for a sorcery. Choose a creature or planeswalker, then destroy all other creatures or planeswalkers. Okay. So that's kind of like your Dune Blast type effect. Uh, save one thing, blow everything else up. Um, in, but eight mana is a lot. Dune Blast was seven, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one more, but it's also attached to a pretty relevant creature on the front, right? Yeah, being able to exile this and give your creatures indestructible. Selfless Spirit is a card you noted, and it's, right now it's pretty expensive at 12 bucks. Yeah. People, people play Selfless Spirit, and I look for that effect. We talk about the ability to protect your board and having a creature on the battlefield that protects your board is good. Yeah. Uh, late game board wipe. Do you know what? It's on the backside of a relevant creature. I'll take it. It's almost free. You know? Yeah, I'm happy to draw this early if I draw it late and go, oh, sweet. I can save one thing and blow everything else up. Not bad. Not bad at all. Maybe I will cast that if you're playing your Ingarrick's Wake and stuff like that or your sure. Necromantic Selections. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have... One of my favorite cards from the set. Ooh. It's called Blot Out the Sky. X white black for a sorcery. Create X tapped 2-1 white and black inkling creature tokens with flying. 
If X is six or more, destroy all non-creature, non-land permanents. Hmm. Non-creature, non-land. So yes. you make six two ones with flying that are tapped, and then you blow up everything else that's not a creature or a land. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a sorcery, though, which kind of sucks. It is a sorcery, but... Uh, it has me feeling like finale of glory mm-hmm. that, that uh, also has two colored and then X and then creates a bunch of knights. If you, and then something cool happens at 10, at 10. Yeah. Uh, this one gives you two one flyers. Yeah. Like, six, two, one flyers. If you cast, I mean, just imagine one. if you cast this for a reasonable four, you create four mana, two, two, one flyers. Not bad. Yeah. They are tapped. So you kind of have to wait, uh, unless you have a card that untaps them. Of course, so you have to wait until your next turn. This is great. I think if you're able to give it a flash speed with an orrery or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It would be better if it was flashy, flashy, but I do like how cute they are. They're, they're little inklings and, and this one in the front, look at the eyes on that one. Oh, it is cute to compare to the other ones. I like it. So blot the sky. I actually think this is pretty good. Um, if it was an instant, it'd be really nuts, but for what it is and what you can make with it, I actually like it. I think token decks are going to really like it. Um, people people do play Finale of Glory. Uh, they do play Secure the Waste. I know that's at instant speed. But 2-1 Flyers are way more relevant than 2-2 two, two Knights or 1-1 one, one Soldiers. Yeah, even at 4 mana where you pay X is equal to 2, you make 2-2 two, two Ones, so not bad. Yeah. All right, Dramatic Finale is the Orzhov, bunch of Orzhov costs or Silver Cool costs. So it's four Orzhov or four white, black, white, black, white, black. Uh, and you can pay those four. It's so hard to describe these cards. You can pay it in any combination of white or black for four CMC total. Jimmy, four. can you pay white, 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 white? Yes, you can. Black, 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 black. Bingo. White, black, white, black. Bingo. <laughs> white, 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 black. Black, 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 white. And I think that's it. Okay, Dramatic Finale, Enchantment. This is a powerful card. Creature tokens you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever one or more non-token creatures you control die, create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. This triggers... Oh, wait. I didn't read this last part. This ability (laughs) triggers only once each turn. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. So Intangible Virtue is is an anthem like this that costs two mana. Um, And that effect, honestly, even though it's only triggering once per turn, I think that might be worth two mana to have that on an enchantment true because these inklings are real creatures yeah this is however four mana but if you put this in like Tesa Karlov it feels like an auto include because you're gonna get that double up from Tesa Karlov right mm-hmm. same with Thalese Reverend Medium another big token deck but the fact that it only does it once per turn maybe you just need to do it so that you're sacrificing creatures on everyone's turn so it triggers once each turn yeah I think that it needs to be pushed a little bit more to be to see a lot of play yeah but okay. it's but it's nice Fracture, white and black, for an instant, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker. Wow, wait, what? White and black for that? Artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker? Now, I asked the question of you, Jimmy, that is this... Better or worse than D-Spark? D-Spark. And I thought it was better, and you... you I think think it's actually... I think D-Spark is better. I think D-Spark is better, okay. Yeah, this might be better, again, dependent on the mana. D-Spark says you exile target the permanent with converting mana cost four or greater. So it is exiling, and it's a permanent. Now, this only... And Fracture only uh, targets artifacts, enchantments, or planeswalkers. So here's the thing. If both of us like D-Spark better, are we just not playing this? I don't know. I mean, maybe you need one more piece of, you know, removal. Over like Anguished Unmaking or, True. you know, I guess it really just stuff. depends, right? Black, white, and we'll see this throughout this set too. They just have so many options for removal. 
I think here's one thing is that mortify is like so far down the list now. True. Or like unmake is so far down the list now uh, because we have just as many things as we want to choose. Yeah, I guess it, if either are a lot of enchantments and artifacts that are four CMC or less, uh, which makes, you know, despark a little worse, then maybe you might want to run a fracture or you just need to have a two mana ability to get rid of something really, right? I could see maybe CEDH being more attracted to this than a regular commander deck because they have D-Sparks and English Unmakings. It is not uncommon, though, so it's very accessible. Mm -hmm. All right, finally, the last card from Silver Quill is Vanishing Verse, black and a white for an instant, and it just says Exile Target Monocolored Permanent. Okay, so again... By the way, in this set, for the amount of cards that we see in front of us, this is might not be good removal in this set. <laughs> yeah, because <Remember? laughs> we have so many multicolored set, cards yeah, that's a good in front point. of us. It is very good, though, for a lot of cards in Commander. There are a lot of very powerful monocolored permanents. By the way, permanent, so you technically can get rid of a land with this, right? I think it's a non-colored permanent. I don't think it's Shucks. monocolored. Well, Vanishing Verse does get rid of a lot of permanents in that case. And you know, now that you're thinking about it, I don't know if I like it even more. Because now, like, almost every artifact dodges it. Oh, that's a good point, because they don't have any color. Ah, very smart. I didn't even think about that. I think, like, this seemed really efficient to me because of the cards that it does get rid of the big enchantments the scary creatures when you need to exile something it makes a big difference like the gods right like a perforos um yeah I think you're right this does get rid of that kind of stuff and it gets rid of the perforos oh man it gets rid of the perforos when it's an enchantment go yeah that's right instead of just for a creature because like you oh man you make a good point jimmy so this is what i think deck better but the anguished unmaking like you just go back to anguished unmaking or you yeah know, I think what deck builders need to do is you now you have a list vanishing verse fracture d spark anguish and making path to exile right like put all, all of stuff. those cards in front of you when you're building a deck with black and white say i have x number of slots for single target removal look at them and then make your decisions based on your meta and your play group because there's just so many options you know you can make an argument for one or the other and it could change if you go from one play group to the other too so that might be one of those things where just now black and white has so many options. You just got to lay them all out there and make a really good decision based on what you think you're going to come up against. Yeah. Okay. So we have Prismari, Lorehold, Quandrix, Colorless coming up right after this. Lots more, some really exciting stuff. Make sure you stick around because right now we're going to hear from our mid-roll sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back and we are talking about the multicolored cards from Strixhaven in the main set, not the Commander product. And we're moving on to our next college here. It is Prismari. This first one we're going to talk about is the Torrent Sculptor slash Flamethrower Sonata. Uh, this is pretty funny. You made a uh, Mad Max reference here. Flamethrower Sonata? Come on. Yeah, that's... That, that is so Mad Max right there. Yeah, exactly. It's the guy <laughs> that's playing the guitar and the thing. Okay. Torrent Sculptor is two blue blue for a 2-2 two, two Merfolk Wizard with Ward 2. So if it, when it becomes the target of a spell or an ability the opponent controls, you counter it unless they pay 2. When Torrent Sculptor enters the battlefield, exile an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Put a number of plus 1 plus 1 counters on Torrent Sculptor equal to half that card's mana value. Round it up. On the backside, Flamethrower Sonata, 1 and a red for a sorcery. Discard a card, then draw a card. When you discard an instant or sorcery card this way, Flamethrower Sonata deals damage equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker you don't control. Let's get one thing out of the way. This front side sucks. I'm not playing this ever. It's just, it can get big sometimes, maybe. Yeah, and like, it's half the card's mana value. So even if you're getting rid of like a 8 mana spell, you're only putting 4 one six, one counters six. on it. Yeah. yeah. Flamethrower Sonata, though, seems interesting. You get to discard and draw a card for one in a red, which is not great because um, you are... You can do that for one mana usually. Yeah, and also you're losing, you're down on card value, right? You're paying a spell and discarding a card to draw a card. But discarding an instant sorcery, if it has flashback or something, you're going to want to do that, and then it's going to deal damage. So this is a removal spell in the right deck for a spell slinger deck. Uh, de uh, deals damage equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker. Sometimes you want to get cards in the graveyard, and if you can kill a creature and replace it along with it, it can be okay. Um, yeah, I I'm, think that this is very narrow. Yeah, it's it like right. There's lots more that you can do that's better than this here. And I think you're if you are going to play it, you're much likely more likely to play it for the backside than the front. Mm -hmm. All right, next up, culmination of studies. X a blue and a red for a sorcery. Exile the top X cards of your library. For each land card exiled this way, create a treasure token. For each blue card exiled this way, draw a card. For each red card exiled this way, culmination of studies deals one damage to each opponent. People talked about this card, but Jimmy, I don't like it. I don't like it either because we've seen this type of card so many times where it's like X, red, blue. You're going to exile these main cards off the top of your library. You're going to do some cool stuff. Well, think, and, think about it this way. If you just happen to exile three blue cards off there, you've paid five mana to draw three cards. Right. That's, that might be the best case scenario. What if you exile three lands? You create five mana to make three treasures? Three treasures? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. People what if they're are all like, red? People are, people are like, well, what if there isn't cards? Then it does damage and they draw. Still oh, no. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's like nice, but I'd rather have a blue card that's also a land. So I get a treasure token and draw a card. Yeah, this just seems like a lot of work for nothing that's necessarily guaranteed. 
And I like you wrote here, I can't see a rate that I want to cast this spell. Yeah, I don't. If you're in the Mizzix deck, maybe you can cast like this for like 20 or something crazy. Sure. But then you're also exiling a bunch of cards out of your library. And then also, but think about Mizzix decks and what they can do when it gets up that big. Yeah, you can win the game in a bunch of other ways. So yeah, let's just move past this. Let's get out of here. My my throat hurts from talking too much about these cards. <laughs> Next up is the Elemental Expressionist. This is the Prismari version. So it's, again, force mana value total, and you can pay any combination of blue or red to cast it. It's a 4-4 Orc Wizard with Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, choose target creature you control until end of turn it gains. If this creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. And when you exile this creature, create a 4-4 blue and red Elemental Creature token. And each instance of that ability triggers separately. So... Ah, uh, it's really interesting because it doesn't feel like this is the colors for like sacrificing your own stuff and upgrading. Yeah, it's not the to- blue and red is not the token colors, but this is like cast a copy and instant sorcery, and then you kind of protect a creature because if it leaves, you exile it and you make a four four instead. I've seen like Sahili decks and those young pyromancer decks. That oh, we're they do about, make some decks yeah, that make those stuff. tokens, but also you really just can't want to cast spells a bunch. Uh, I don't know. I I. What don't, do you think, Jimmy? I don't like it. One, it's only in it decks because the mana cost is literally blue or red mana. You need to be casting a bunch of spells and it's only one creature at a time. So let's say it's like, oh no, a board wipe. And you're like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna get some extra value out of it or whatever. I'll brainstorm and then get a... Yeah, four, get a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, it doesn't seem that great. And it just seems like with it and the so many different things they can do, protecting your creatures... In a spells matter deck, you're not going to even have that many creatures that you're going to want to protect, and you're not even protecting them. You're actually getting them out of your graveyard because you're exiling them and you're making a 4-4 instead. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They would have to be really small because you're upgrading them a little bit, but you're not even upgrading them to something that spectacular. Yeah. Okay, expressive iteration. Blue and a red for a sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, one of them in the bottom of your library, Exile one of them. You may play the exiled card this turn. Okay, now we're talking. Blue and a red, that's pretty cheap to look at the top three, like anticipate, but it's in blue and red. I I like this a lot. I like this a lot too, because I also like that the one that you exile, you can play. So that Mm -hmm. means that you can exile the land and then play it. Yes, that's fantastic. So you're almost right. Like I would say top three cards, you're pretty, pretty good chance you're going to get a land. One to three chance to draw a land out of a deck that has around 37 lands and out of the 99, and it's going to be less by the time you play this. You're going to put one into your hand and one on the bottom library, right? That's, I like this a lot. Yeah, that's two cards. If you can play that card that you exiled, it's two cards worth of value for two mana. Chart, of course, there's like hoops for that, and that's pretty playable. Yeah. Like two cards for two mana is good, and this gives you one extra level of, of selection. Yeah, the selection's good. Um, they probably didn't want that last card to go to the graveyard because that'd be way too powerful. I know, right? I wanted it to go to the graveyard so badly. Yeah, that would be a little too powerful. And or if they made it an instant or something, right? Yeah, I did want it to be an instant too. We but it's, it I, it's still good. I think that uh, Prismari decks will play it. Yeah, and this is the kind of spell that I think you're looking for in the Magecraft decks. They need to be cheap, efficient. You can play a lot of them and trigger Magecraft abilities a lot. Okay, now this next one is pretty funny. It's Magma Opus. Six of blue and a red for an instant. Magma Opus deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. Tap two target permanents. Create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. Draw two cards. It also has an ability on it as an instant that's very interesting. It says uh, you can play blue, blue, red, red, or blue, red to discard Magma Opus, create a treasure token. So you can literally discard this card from your hand without casting it as an instant and make a treasure token for two mana at instant speed. 
So they had something like this in the Prismari Precon, and I didn't like it. I actually kind of like um, this Magmus op- Magma Opus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wanted to say Magnum Opus, or you want magma. to say Magnum Opus because that's the actual <laughs> term, the but term. it's a Magma Opus. Magma Opus. Fire. Uh, I actually like this. Here's the thing: is it's so splashy. You still draw two cards. You do everything. It, you might not get tons of value off of all of it. Yeah, you know. only four damage is just whatever. Yeah, but. tapping things down is just whatever. But you do get to draw two cards. I think it's fun and splashy, and I really wish that this was in the commander deck instead of the main set. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, if you play cards like Ignite the Future or Spell Twine, you're going to find ways to copy this and cast it for free or whatever. Mizix of the Magnus, this does seem like a card that would be fun in there. Calamax, maybe. Um, I think that there are a ton of, of better instants to cast than this, because you do pay a lot of mana true. for a, a lot of effects that I think you could get better. But... It seems fun. I like it. I also like the little side effect of being able to discard it and getting a treasure token because you can cheat a bunch of things into play from your graveyard much easier than you can cast it. That's why I want to put this in a Riel the Everwise deck because you can discard it early, you draw a card from Riel, and you create a treasure token, and then later on maybe you can rebuy it somehow. Two mana draw a card, create a treasure. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I would play that. Okay, Let's get into Lorehold, the red-white color combination here. Um, Lorehold basically taking Boros and making it much better than it was before. Except you're about to read a very Boros card right now. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought that all the Lorehold cards would be like our precon that we reviewed. I mean, and some of these are that I really, I really like. And then there's, read it. Yeah, okay, so this is, again, any combination of red or white for four total. It's a 2-3 human cleric attacking creatures you control. Double strike. Woo! Okay. It's so attacky tacky. And, yeah. But here's the thing. Like, if you look at uh, Berserker's Onslaught, it's cheaper than Berserker's Onslaught. Yeah, it's and it's four. cheaper than True Conviction. Yeah, True Conviction does give Lifelink too, but that's six mana. Yeah. Three white, 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 white. Yeah. This is a creature that can die pretty easily, but in terms of giving the ability, it seems pretty powerful in the right decks, of course. Yep. Okay, next up, Radiant Scroll Wielder. Two, a red and a white for a 2-4 creature dwarf cleric. Instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink. Hmm. That's fun. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile an instant or sorcery card at random from your graveyard. You may cast it this turn. If a spell cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. Okay, that's a bit of value there. That reminds me of Charmbreaker Devils, of Wildfire Devils. I want to be able to cast it for free. That's a good point. Wildfire Devils does, like... It's random, but you do get to cast a spell for free. I like this. It gives spells lifelink, though. That's yeah, a fun thing. It's the Fire Song and Sunspeaker thing there. Yeah. I think this is a decent card. The fact that it can buy you back something from your graveyard is something that Red and White hasn't really been able to do. It is random still, but you can find ways to control that as well. Reconstruct History. Yay. Two Red White for a sorcery. Return up to one target artifact card. One target enchantment card, one target instant card, up to one target sorcery card, and up to one target planeswalker card. No creatures, but five? Five different types. You have to enter this thing, so you can't loop it. But <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> but five things for four mana in Lorehold colors. Yeah, we were really excited about this when we talked about it in our pre-con reveal. This is something, right? Like, I think... You are happy getting back three things. So happy. I am so happy getting back three things. Maybe even two things, right? It's a four mana draw two out of your graveyard, instant sorcery. There are green decks that have four mana return two things. Yeah. You know, like there there are bad green cards that say five mana return any two things. You know, four mana return two things is fine. This is great. Not to mention it's an uncommon. This just seems like one of the most powerful Boros cards, Lorehold cards ever printed. 
Just saying. He's just saying. In the that's comments. A lot, that's a lot of value. In, in the comments. I mean... <laughs> I can't... I'm having a hard time thinking of, of one that I like more than this card, but I'm sure there is one and they're going to let you know in the comments. I like like Winoda maybe, Joiner of Forces, because it's, a, it's a commander and it can do a lot of cool stuff. But Reconstruct History... You would be hard-pressed to not put this in every single deck that runs these colors because when are you not going to have instant and sorceries at some point in your graveyard or artifacts or enchantments that are getting blown up, whatever it is. Like This works across a lot of different archetypes. It's super efficient, and obviously it sucks early game, but if you're restricted to Boros colors or lower hold colors, I, I see no reason not yeah, to try and run this. this isn't an early game play. This is a mid to late game play. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great in Kaikar decks, too, because you got tons of uh, non-creature spells there. So good. All right, let's look at the next one. Rip Apart. Red, white for sorcery. Choose one. Rip Apart deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker. Or destroy target artifact or enchantment. Oh, this reminds me of another card. This is an uncommon, by the way, and it's only two mana. Red, white. So destroy target artifact or enchantment for a sorcery speed. Do we like that? Yeah. It's okay. I mean, we need you need to all the time. Yeah. Like, you need this flexibility. Three damage to card creature or planeswalker. Um, again, like, you need to be able to take out some of these smaller creatures out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I fine. I like the flexibility here. I, I hate that it's a sorcery, right? A braid uh, reminds me a bit of a braid, but you can get rid of an artifact enchantment or potentially a creature. Now, however, you wrote this down. Were you running wear and tear? in your decks before are, this. Are you running Wear and Tear? I'm not. Okay. But I also don't play much Boros, so... <laughs> uh, I wasn't either, but Wear and Tear is one in a red to destroy target artifact at instant speed, mm-hmm. a single white to destroy target enchantment at instant speed, and you can fuse them and pay... Three to do both. Three to do both. You can never do both with Rip Apart. Yeah, you have to do either artifact or enchantment or deal three damage. And I think that the big thing that pushes you over is instant speed. Yeah, for sure. So rip apart. I could, again, you know, it's the same with the black and white removal now. Lay them out in front yeah, of you if you're, you're playing right. Boros and see, does this fit better for my meta? Is there always a three power creature? Is a braid just better? Can I, or do I have to be able to get rid of enchantments too? Do like I need there to wear are, and tear? Yeah, there are like some really annoying little uh, utility creatures or little dorks. Like you could be playing against an elf meta or like right. this person's running Urza and this person's running elves and you're just like, rip apart is perfect. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, the last Lorehold card is one of my favorite cards in the set, actually. It's Venerable War Singer. One red and a white for a 3-3 spirit cleric with vigilance and trample. By the way, if anyone loves clerics, there's all sorts of clerics in, in this set, so I'm sure you clerics can Clerics and something. warlocks? I'm a fan of the warlocks. Yeah. So this is a 3-man three 3-3 three with vigilance and trample. Whenever Venerable Warsinger deals combat damage to a player, you may return target creature card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, where X is the amount of damage Venerable Warsinger dealt to that player. So this has Vigilance and Trample on it. Two of the best keywords when it comes to equipment decks. And so I think Venerable Warsinger, again, Lorehold's not always about equipments, but this card definitely seems like it. Because the bigger you get, the bigger things that you can pull back from the graveyard. Yep. Okay. It's also not a human, so I think this is a slam dunk in your Winota deck uh, to get stuff back. Um, there is a... Let's get this paper out here. Yeah, Nice. <laughs> You wrote Alesha Who Smiles at Death because there are a lot of two CMC cards, right? Yeah, that, that, that there are. So this could do an impression of 
of it, but it doesn't get it back itself. Yeah. You know? This can actually also return a creature that dies in the combat that it is in with the Venerable Warsinger because, let's say, we all attack, you block one of them, it dies. This trigger goes on the stack, but state-based actions are going to check for the creature to die first, and then you can target it with the Venerable Warsinger. You can even, in a crazy world, if you manage to do three damage, have the Venerable Warsinger die in combat and then have it bring itself back. Interesting. So let's say you have like a... Um, an equipment be- be- or... Like, but something that pumps it up three. What's the one that goes three plus zero, lifelink and trample? Behemoth Sledge? Yeah, except for... Or no, locks no. Locks it on Warhammer. It locks on Warhammer. Yeah, it locks yeah, it on yeah, yeah. Warhammer. And Behemoth Sledge is very up, different, so yeah, sorry. They do it... <laughs> it's, that one's massive. That's like a plus 10 plus no, no, 10, no, right? No, no, that's Colossal Hammer. Behemoth, oh, Colossal Sledge Hammer. Is, Behemoth Sledge is exactly the same, just plus two plus two and has green and white in it. DJ, you know your card's better than I do. Your well, you, you literally named a card that has the exact same mechanics <laughs> as, as uh, Luxembourg Funny. Warhammer. But anyways, like that would be a thing where it basically gives it, you know, yeah. gets it in, it kills it, but it's like, oh, I did three damage. Yep, yep, yep. Or Colossal Hammer, like you said. I like that better. Uh, you know, this fits really well into equipment decks. Like Akiri uh, wants a lot of creatures attacking that are equipped up, so this seems really good there. You could also just recur really annoying creatures like Selfless Savior and Selfless Spirit every single time. Ooh. And so that way you're always giving Indestructible and this thing just sticks around and keeps hammering in. I think you need equipment in this because I've always had trouble with the deals of damage to a player. Yeah. Uh, in the early game, I'm always able to get it through, but there's never a creature in my graveyard then. And when I really want the creatures back, it seems like the board's all gummed up and I can never get a 3-3 through. Yep. Nice thing though, Vigilance and Trample. So great keywords for that equipment deck. Okay, let's go to Quandrix, green and blue. Woohoo! All right, this is Body of Research. Green, 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 blue, blue, blue for Six sorcery. Create a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of cards in your library. Whoa, okay. This is the card you want to fling. Keyword big. Yeah, you want to fling this sucker. You want to throw this so hard at your opponent because it's going to be a 60-60. Do you want to say, like, a 60-60 is fundamentally, in many cases, the same as, like, a 20-20. You know what I mean? Like, True, unless you fling it. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with flinging. Um, what if you sack the wrong colors, to yeah. Altar of Dementia? Okay. Okay. There you go. Mill someone for a ton, maybe 80 cards. Who knows? All right. I can, um, I can see that. You know, there are a lot of different things in green that give trample. There are things in blue that give flying. Right. So this could be just a one-off kill. Yeah, make is this, it fly, big, enough, give it is this big enough to be playable? Like suddenly does it reach the idea of like, well, this is finally the mana cost that we need to just have a big thing and have it work. I mean, I mean, six mana for something that big in commander, it seems pretty good, right? Like obviously this is, this is even pretty good in like limited. If you make this a 30, 30 or whatever, or oh, like just a 25, 25. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just keep attacking and they just have to keep throwing creatures in front of it. Yeah. It could operate the same way in commander too. Yeah. You want to put trample on it. Yeah. Uh, oh, do you know what I want for this? What? I, I want it in a deck that has the Ozolith in it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> just, when it you dies, can, you just throw all just, those just, counters somewhere else. Well, because here's the thing. I can see this thing being interrupted with so easily. Oh I can yeah, see it who doesn't like, want to immediately kill this? <laughs> like the bounced or killed or whatever. I kind of want to like save the counters or move the counters around. Something yeah, like yeah, yeah. This is a lot of plus one, plus one counters. If you can find a way to scoot that around. That just doubling sure. season, so you get two and then you double. <laughs> doubling season. You need it to be bigger, obviously. Win more. <laughs> Okay, next up we got Golden Ratio. One a green and a blue for a sorcery. Draw a card for each different power among creatures you control. So I was talking about this with Josh, and he he kind of liked it, and I'm a little really? bit really I'm a little bit down on it. I hate it. Okay. <laughs> I think this sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Because like right, like 
one green and blue. Well, he was telling me that he would be fine. Like this would be fine if it just drew two cards. Yeah, but then you just have divination, which will always draw you two cards. But this could draw you seven or something like that. It could, right? Actually, I, no, it's really hard to draw because you need a zero, a one, a two, two a three, three, a four. four five. Yeah. Like you can't just have seven creatures. They need to be all different. I mean, maybe that's the problem with this is that you need a creature on the battlefield for each card you want to draw with it. So even that alone, right? Having five creatures on the battlefield, what if only two of them have different powers and then you're only drawing two cards, but you have all these creatures? Uh, I like my card draw to be able to get me out of bad situations to be able yeah. to get me that land drop to be able to develop my board to be able to play as i'm developing everything and this only works when i have a board presence and yeah. that's usually when i'm cool doing other things rather than drawing cards maybe in like a crazy plus one plus one counters deck where you can move them around Do you know what i've seen a lot of decks with plus one plus one counters that have like varying like you know different counters on all sorts of different things yeah but at a certain point right because golden ratio also just draws you zero cards a lot of the time Board wipe? Oh, sorry. Your golden ratio you just drew really looks awful. I think this is meant to mix with the fractals because you're adding a certain number of plus and plus yeah, and powers on them. and they're all different. You can kind of move them around. Like yeah. That. So I, It's I, not that unlikely to see, to draw two off that pretty consistently, though. Yeah, I think two is your baseline. But even then, like, I'd much rather have a guaranteed divination on turn three rather than a, right, like you're ramping into a golden ratio and then you're like, well, what am I supposed to do with this now? Yeah, okay. Double Major is my card. It's a green and a blue for an instant. Copy target creature spell you control, uh, except it isn't legendary if the spell is legendary. So the way that it works is when you copy spells, you have a creature spell on the stack, and you're like, hang on, I'm going to do something before this creature spell I just cast resolves. You cast Double Major and do-do-do-do, creature token. Yay. So interesting, interesting because you can make a copy of your commander right? It makes it non-legendary. That's always good, I think. The fact that you can abuse more legendaries is what saves this card a little bit, I think. Yeah, and you have to sit there and hold up two extra mana to do so. See, that's the part that really gets me, because you want to be playing your spells, especially your powerful spells, but part of you is like, oh, I just want to wait one more turn so I can double it. Yeah, uh, that's never going to land you. You're going to find that, oh, shoot, so much has changed in that turn cycle that I wish I didn't Yeah, it's that. just not a good play pattern. It's not a good a good way to, to play the game and it might it might end up rewarding you uh, yeah. and it feels good sometimes but it's wrong more often than you think you should probably just play your you spell i should just play it yeah and it has to be a spell you control you can't copy someone else's notably this isn't creating a token right you're copying a target creature spell that becomes a token so doubling season anointed procession oh cool it doesn't work with those oh it doesn't work yeah because you're not creating a token you're just i think and i looked this up reddit told me otherwise so oh. reddit, you're wrong i'm wrong too <laughs> Yeah, because you're copying a spell on the stack and then the spell becomes a token. You're not creating a token on the battlefield. Does the spell create the token? Uh, a copy of a creature spell becomes a token. Does not create a token. Oh. Yeah. This is interesting. Man, magic is a hard game. Yeah, really, right? No kidding. <laughs> hey, thanks, player, did you want to hear that sentence I said again and be interested in playing the game? Uh, Probably not. <laughs> the person was like so pumped about like the, the creature the size of your deck and now they're like, what is the, what, what is, is magic? Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I think that there are other cards out there that do the copy just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I like Bramble Sovereign. Four mana, four, four. You can just play, pay one in a green and make a token copy and of whatever's there. I don't see that card played very often. I think it's because uh, it's expensive for what it does. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an expensive card. But I love Bramble Sovereign. Um, this has me thinking of uh, Riku of Two Reflections. Right. Um, so a Riku decks can oftentimes have this effect and they're like, well, I'll play just like a 
you know, a fibble thip, you know, right. and yeah, like yeah, I'll yeah. double it up. This would double up a fibble thip really nicely. Okay. Uh, this is also cool because this could technically protect a creature. If someone's trying to counter like a, something that you cast and you have double major up, they counter it, you double major your creature spell, you still get that creature on the battlefield because of double major. Yeah. So, yeah, just, I don't know, random upside, I guess. Yeah, because you've uh, copied the spell, but their counter still got what it got. You know what I mean? It still got the card. True. You just had to do something to get it. To yeah. like, like, oh, wait, but I still need it. Okay. Uh, the last Quandrix card we're talking about is Manifestation Sage. This is the last one in the cycle of the four mana value of the sort of uh, uh, hybrid colors. This is any combination of green or blue to, uh, for four total. It's a 2-2 human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, create a 0-0 green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it where X is the number of cards in your hand. So this is a two for one. You play this, you get a two, two, and then you might get like a five, five, a six, six, or maybe even a one, one, depending on how many cards are left in your hand. It seems okay. It seems fine. I think the do way- Do you want tokens? Like, do you- Yeah, do you, do you want have... tokens? Can you blink this a hundred times? Yeah. Maybe. If not, doesn't seem that great. There's a lot of creatures out there that make tokens, but I do like that it's a more interesting token. Yeah. All right, we are done with all of the two color cards in here, and Ooh. now we just have some colorless cards left. Yay. Uh, I like this one, Jimmy. It's Mascot Exhibition. My favorite kind. Se what? I don't <laughs> Your favorite know. kind of, of exhibition? exhibition? Mascots, I don't <laughs> sure, know. Uh, sure. Ignore uh, me. Seven, seven mana for a sorcery lesson, if lessons matter. Uh, they don't. Create a 2-1 <laughs> black and white inkling creature token with flying, a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token, and a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. Wait. Three tokens, seven mana. I thought there were five colleges. Guess they're searching for blacks uh searching for blacks <laughs> so, can't find blacks i think that's why right that's hilarious but they don't have their pest in here because they're still searching, they're searching for blacks, for blacks they and can't they, find and they, it yeah they can't find the last one okay okay so seven mana this is a lot of mana but you get two five you get uh nine mana worth of power and one of them's a flyer and the other two are just elemental creature tokens or spirit creature tokens or an elmo's creature token um, you wrote some other cards that do similar things in the past here. Bestial think, Menace. Yeah, I think Tristani Summoner is the closest um, yeah. one. But Tristani Summoner, just like you blink it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And still, it's not like you see like, oh, Tristani Summoner. It's amazing everywhere. This no, is just, it's just like uh, people occasionally see it in some of those decks and they like, hey, I want to blink it. Oh, cool. Look at all the things I just made. I like some some people like tokens. You know, I have a, a token deck that just likes weird tokens. Mm -hmm. So I think I might play this where it's just like, okay, I'm trying to get all of the weird tokens in Magic, the ones that you haven't seen before. And oh, this cute. gets three of them. That's funny. Yeah. You know? And it's colorless. It, look, if you're in a sideboard format, maybe this is a great target for a learn card because it's something you can just cast in the game no matter what if someone said they had a learn package would you let them play it rule zero no well jimmy's so ruthless rule zero <laughs> but then then you get that one person that wants to play the eldrazi one where they get to put all the eldrazi oh, yeah. in the game and, the, and it's like <laughs> oh boy they jimmy's jimmy's like sure you can play your lesson and someone's like oh great i got my wish package yeah exactly <laughs> i guess i guess if it was a lesson because it's strict saving i'd be like sure let's see it and if it was so like man then maybe the next time but you know if they built around learning and lessons and stuff and wanted to teach people things that'd be kind of cool um i think you know different types of tokens are cool maybe if you just have like a divine visitation out then you can just make them all four for us. I like how, I that. like a divine visitation is this. It's like, uh, there, cause there's so many different ways to just get three, one, one, yeah, right. three mana. <laughs> and you're just like, well, you just make yeah, them into four fours. Never mind. I forget what I said. Seven mana. Don't ever play this with divine the next card is so much better. It's just like a joke to talk about yeah. the exhibition. I'd say maybe the last thing about this is like brew the clad might be a good place for this. Sure. Okay. 
All right, this is... We're just going to spoil it. This is probably DJ and I's favorite card in the set. It's Wandering Archaic. Five mana for a 4-4 creature avatar with... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight arms. <laughs> it's a spider. It's a spider. Oh, wait, I don't like it anymore. Go in your spider decks. <laughs> Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two mana. If they don't... You may copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. There's also a backside called Explore the Vast Lands. It's a three-mana sorcery. Each player looks at the top five cards of their library, reveals a land card and or an instant sorcery card from them, and then puts the cards they revealed this way into their hand and the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. Each player gains three life. So that's like everyone gets to look at five cards and reveal up to two cards pretty much for three mana. Uh, no. Wandering Archaic, however, yes. Oh my gosh. Just what are you going to do? Are you just not going to play your instants and sorceries? Are you going to play them so far off curve that you're like, yeah, yeah. That's are you going to pay the two? Oh my gosh. It's Ristic study all over again. But in this case, are you going to pay the two? No, no. You get a full on cultivate. Yeah. Fine. You know, just you cultivate. get the exact same, like you get the exact same divination I'm playing or you get the time oh stretch my or whatever. Gosh, like that. That's right. Time walk and time stretch. Or not time walk, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah time effects. extra turn effects. Um, just all of them. This just is think of nuts. all the great instants and sorcery spells in here. Like, in here's the thing as well. Like, worst case scenario, I think that happens that people are like, this thing needs to die. They remove it. And they remove it. With an instant or sorcery. And I think that they don't pay for it. They just remove it. And then you get to replace the card by killing something else with that same removal spell. Yeah, this seems like such a powerful card, especially if you're playing like Belby, you can dunk this out early and then you're just going to steal everyone's ramp spells because no one's going to want to pay two extra for their Farseek. No, no way. way. You don't play four mana for a Farseek, so instead you get to Farseek. Like this will this will get you some value. It's really sweet because a lot of times, right? If someone's trying to play their expropriate, they're not playing it with two extra mana. They're not going to, no, but they also wouldn't play it into this. I think, I think no, this no, would actually just shut it down. They would look for something else. Flash it in. Yeah. Oh, no, it's on cast. It's so on you cast. have to wait. Yeah. Yeah. So backside, it, the front side's amazing. Backside, Jimmy, you ever going to cast this? No, 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 no. Get that backside away from me. Cause like who would ever want to, unless you're playing a group hug deck, in which case kind of nice, right? Everyone gets to get maybe two cards and then gain some life. It's actually pretty good value for a colorless thing. Oh like, my gosh. It's super good value. Yeah. Yeah. Five, <laughs> t- look at the top five cards, get a land and an instant an- or sorcery. That's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's a good rate. I mean, it sucks that everyone gets it, but you know, if you're group hug. Yeah um decks that might want to play wandering archaic we said animar would be really good because you can reduce the mana cost nikki of the old ways because you can't cast non-creature spells but now you just cast your opponents non-creature spells so pretty sweet i i like this card a lot and the art is just really neat good job wayne reynolds i dig it it's great okay let's talk about the artifacts now before we move on to the land and then we're done Oh, uh, with this part of the with this, there's review. so Jimmy, there's, there's so many more <laughs> things to do because this is a crazy time of year for us. Yeah, this is and and it came came out of nowhere. It feels like okay, Strixhaven Stadium, where you can play your game. That's kind of like another game that we're not going to talk about. It's three mana for an artifact. Tap it to add colorless mana, and then put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from Strixhaven Stadium. It's like you're earning points. All right, here's the fun part. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Then, if it has 10 or more point counters on it, remove them all, and that player loses the game. Game, 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 game. This is very interesting. It's very cute. Don't you just play this and suddenly everyone attacks you? Yes, 100%. Because they're like, how many point counters on that? Okay, goodbye. Or they just remove it because it's an artifact. Now, at its core, it's a three-mana tap 
add a mana. So it's a mana rock, right? And that makes yeah, it... Yeah, so at its core, it's fine. Yeah, like, it's, it's fine. It's not great. It's not any color, but it can at least do that. Um, I, mean, I just think you get attacked constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think what you want to do with this is find a way to untap it and tap it a bunch so that you can get those point counters and then you only need to hit someone once. So people are talking about go wide Derevi decks because they just, you know, <laughs> swing in a bunch, untap your permanence. You get it from the, like, Derevi untaps it and also adds it because it hits people. Yeah, and you keep tapping and tapping and then Derevi kills someone. Or if you're in the Krenko deck, an Edric deck, an Elf deck, I think any go wide deck, if you don't have, right, your creator of Behemoth, but you can hit someone and get up to 10 counters on this that could be a way to do it because you are it's any time you're you're dealing combat damage to an opponent so it could be anyone right it is a fun way to kill someone yeah i mean there are a lot of fun ways to kill people and this is just one player at a time and you're like maybe you could build a whole deck around the strixhaven stadium and that you want to play games and stuff that could be kind of interesting all right how about this um fractured identity all three of you have strixhaven stadiums go that's hilarious that would be really fun then everyone's playing the game everyone's playing the game and they like really can they spend any time attacking you when all three of them have strict save and haven yeah that's gonna turn into its own mini metagame everyone's like wait wait he's got six points get him oh my god she's up to nine no way so strict save and is a fun card i don't think it'll see too much play but it's a fun one Okay, zephyr boots one mana for an artifact equipment by the way happening inside the strict saving stadium in the art uh, it's got an equip cost of two. Equip creature has flying. Whenever equip creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card, then discard a card. So it's a loot boots. It's uncommon. It gives evasion and lets you loot. Sometimes in, it's pretty cheap to equip. Sometimes in white and red, you can want that kind of stuff. I think mask of memory is underplayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're drawing cards with mask, right? Oh, no, you're drawing. You and are, because you're drawing. You are discarding, but I think you draw two and discard two. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Zephyr boots, I, I like it because... I remember Looter's Scooter, everyone's favorite card that got mm. banned. Uh, the, what was it called? Thopter. Smuggler's Copter. Smuggler's Copter. Um, Zephyr Boots does that kind of for a creature. Uh, and the equip cost is two, but the just to play it is one. So it's pretty efficient, all things considered. I actually don't mind this equipment. I could see this being an equipment dex to give that. Flying is great evasion. Yeah. Magic. And I think that if you, a lot of times equipment are really expensive. We talk about swords. We talk about GTAs and all this other stuff. Yeah. And there, there's so much money. I think that you can run equipment decks uh, that have relevant equipment that are really cheap. And Zephyr mm -hmm. Boots is going to be a good budget option. So throwing in, throwing in the budget option there because not everyone needs to have a sword of blank and blank. And there's always going to be someone you can swing at with flying and they can't block you. Okay, now we got some lands. First up, we got the Biblioplex. You can tap it to add a colorless, or you can pay two to tap. Look at the top card of your library. If it's an instant or a sorcery card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't put the card into your hand, you may put it into your graveyard. Activate only if you have exactly zero or seven cards in hand. Boo. This card was looking fine up until that point. Boo. Now this is like Library of Alexandria. You can only do this. What? No, this is so hard to manage in Commander. Uh, it's a lot to deal with and for a really minimal effect. I am just so sad they use such an amazing art on such a mediocre card. Yeah, it's pretty cool art, isn't it? Yeah. I want to be there. I want to study there too. All right. Uh, they gave us a land cycle called the Snarls. Snarls. So basically these kinds of lands, they come into play tapped unless you reveal uh, a land and it doesn't have to be a basic land. It just has to have the land type. So this is the uh, Shine Shadow Snarl. I would shine shadow snarl. Shine snarl. We chose the best one to talk I about know, in the right? episode, clearly. Uh, so basically, this is the the black white one, the silver quill one. And so, in order to play it, if you want to play it untapped, you have to reveal a swamp or a plains. It can be a 
Scrubland. If you have that, it'll come into play untapped. Otherwise, it'll come into play tapped. Uh, we had a cycle of these in non-enemy colors, and they were budget and boring. Yep. I mean, they're they're great budget duels, right? Don't get us wrong. Right they're, now, they're not budget, so don't buy them now. Yeah, wait for these to rotate out. Um, and, you know, fortunately, I think this is the way that Watsi is going to give us the dual lands without giving us dual lands for a while. And it's going to be more accessible, you know, and they can come into play untapped. You just need to have the matching lands on it. Uh, they're a little bit worse, obviously, once you get into three-color territory. Yeah, better in two-color because you're really likely to have a basic of the other of one yeah, of the two or, types. Or, yeah, one of the types, is exactly. So the Snarl cycle, it's going to be here for quite a while. And because this is the main set, don't rush to buy them if they're expensive now. You know, wait for them to drop in price. Yeah, don't let standard be a thing or something like that. But yeah, pick exactly. them up. Uh, hopefully, you can pick them up super cheap and make your two-color mana bases a little bit better. Okay. All right. Now, let's move on to what we think are the most powerful cards and our favorite new cards. And I'm not going to lie. I think we actually straight up agree on almost everything here. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the most powerful card uh, you said was... Uh, I said was Reconstruct History because I think it's also powerful for the color too that Boros or Lorehold didn't have this kind of stuff before. And the fact that we can have access to card advantage from our graveyard in these colors it's just great it just makes me feel so good yeah it's so nice and more of that for Lorehold, please more value that is in its own sort of category this artifact matters theme seems great you know just a five for one just a classic five for one in red get, and white oh man even if you get three three for one so good four for one so good the card that i thought was the most powerful is wandering archaic uh, get this out early. Just make everyone's spells yours. It's like a Ristic study, right? Like, no one wants to pay the two, especially if they're trying to cast cheap spells. Like, imagine the deck that's, like, all about casting cantrips and stuff. Now you're getting all of them, and they're, they're just going to go, yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you, but okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Wandering Archaic, very, very good. And that's actually your favorite too, yeah. new card. Yeah, it's that's my favorite my, new one card. One of my favorite new cards, too. I do also like Venerable War Singer quite a lot. Uh, it's another Boros card, as well as Reconstruct History. Just a lot of fun stuff in this set. Um, really looking forward to playing Wandering Archaic in every deck I can slam it into, though. That's every deck. Yeah, it's every deck. <laughs> it's colorless. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, to the listener. What are your favorite cards from this set? What are your most powerful? What are the interactions that we missed or the ones that you think are no one else knows? And what decks are you going to put some of these cards in? We can't wait to see what you say in the comments on to us on Twitter, Instagram, on our Discord, wherever you may be. And don't forget, if you want to pick up any of these cards, head on over to cardking.com slash command zone right now. You can pick up the cards. They're going to ship them to you fast. If the set is out, you can get your pre-orders in for future sets like Forgotten Realms, D&D. Oh my gosh. Get a Wandering Archaic. Get just a right Wandering now. Archaic. Yeah, just do it. Just do it quick. Do it fast. And then, you know, wait, because a lot of this set's probably going to get open. Get one down the line, because they're going to be a lot out in circulation. Mm, that's right. And Ultra Pro. They make the playmats. We have these amazing commander playmats in front of us. Every single time new Magic product comes out, Ultra Pro has got you covered with the original official art on these amazing printed playmats. I've had so many Ultra Pro playmats for so long. They all maintain their amazing quality over the years as well. Can't they, recommend them enough. They have a Bibliotech uh, playmat. Oh, it's really? Over, yeah, it's over in that stack oh, over sick. there. Yeah, so it's got some good art. Nice. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching. We have no end step today. We're going to go straight up to the cleanup step, and we got to thank our team here. Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Desaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, uh, Jordan Pridgen, I, I stumbled, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, and Gorov Galati. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does this Living Card animation behind us. He does them in front of our show as well. You can find them on Twitter at Living Cards MTG. Oof, DJ, you're, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna subscribe. You're gonna wanna make sure that you 
get updates of the show because we're not done. There's no, still more so episodes. So much more. All the EDH stuff as well. Don't forget, Jumbo Commander is doing some stuff as well. Some mm. You had the deck tech up there. Yeah, right? I'm going to be making deck techs about a lot of different things. Sick. Um, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but is there, and there are no legendaries right here to talk about. Nope. But uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of deck techs over there. So Well, Jumbo I'm Commander sure you're going to put Wandering Archaic in all your decks, right? Or I'm, gonna put it, I'm definitely going to put it in a bunch. Nice. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Make sure you check that stuff out. And of course, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.